drive. Here comes Wade. Here's the throw. He's safe. And the Yankees walk off into the postseason. It'll be a 2-2 to judge. Wade at third. Rizzo at second. One out. Scoreless. Bottom of the ninth. Pitch. Swung on and lined up the middle. And the throw home is not in time. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win and go to the playoffs. It was a hot shot up the middle that actually tore off Kittred's glove. Racing it in to pick it up was Lau. He threw home late. Wade scores, and the Yankees win 1-0 to go to the playoffs. Wow! Those highlights courtesy of Michael Kay on the S-Network and John Sterling on WFAN. That Yankees walk-off win over the Rays Sunday propelled them into the postseason. Now it's time for the one-game wild card in Boston against the Red Sox. Will the real Garrett Cole please stand up? Do the Yankees win in advance to the ALDS against the Rays? We preview the game and make our picks. And our special guest is a friend of the program who stepped away from the broadcast booth Saturday. As he retires, it's the great Ken Singleton. Join us for a playoff preview edition of the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. It's time for a playoff edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. I'm Chris Sheeran, alongside my co-host, four-time Yankees World Series champion reliever Jeff Nelson. You'll hear our Thank God the Mets season is over producer Jake Brown as well. You can follow the whole crew on the Twitter machine at Chris Sheeran, yes, at NYNelly43 and at Jake Brown Radio, of course. Friend of the program and newly retired broadcaster Ken Singleton will join us later in the pod. But first, you know, it's kind of fitting, Nelly, that, you know, the gut punches that we've seen with this team throughout the season the one and two run games that these games have been decided by all season long. It had to be up there in the seventies or eighties when all was said and done, it comes down to a one run game. It comes down to the Yankees being one hit through eight innings for crying out loud in the biggest game of the season by a Tampa pitching staff that let's face it is head and shoulders above everybody else in the American league. And they proved it again in this weekend series. However, the Yankees get the W. That's all they needed to do. They needed one win, and they were in the wild card game. They did that, Nelly, and uh, we got some postseason baseball coming our way on Tuesday. How about that? Oh, it was incredible. I was at the game yesterday, and it felt like I was playing because I, the anxiety I was going through, my heart, I felt like it was going to go pound through my chest. It's like, man, I, I want to get out there and pitch because that's the only way uh, you can control things. I hated when I was in the we were in the postseason. I hated or close games when it came down to clinching. I hated watching. I, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm in the bullpen watching this thing. I'm up there looking at the scoreboard. You know, the Blue Jays were killing the Orioles, but then I'm looking at Seattle, kind of rooting for Seattle at least just to win. And then let's see what the Red Sox and Yankees do. At least they they could do their business as far as okay, now we're still one. We still have that chance. 
and, and then watching the Red Sox national game. I'm like, my goodness. I said, how do I relax? I can't relax <laughs> in, in this seat and zero, zero all the way to the ninth inning. And, yeah. you know, they finally pulled through and got those three hits. You know, Tyler Wade, what, what speed kills, you yeah. know, he tagged up from first base and got into scoring position. That and then huge. you had to hit. Yeah. You had to hit by Rizzo and, I know the Rays did everything that they could to try yes. to knock the Yankees out or at least make them play as much as possible to get into that wild card game. And the only guy that they used yesterday that's going to be on the on their playoff roster, I think what I heard is Waka as far as pitching. But it was it was a great game. And, and like you said, they're in. Now it doesn't matter. Anything that has happened in the past as far as bad base running, bad defense, they're Starting pitching question marks. You know, you look at Urshela yesterday. I don't know how he went back out on the field after making that catch in the dugout. Unbelievable. Running into yeah. the dugout. All that's done. It's all done. And, you know, now you got your got your wish. You don't get a home field playoff game, but at least you go to Boston and anything can happen. Hey, it's not 1978, but it'll do. Considering where this team was uh, and what we were talking about, nine, ten games back at one point during the season, and now they're in the wild card game against the Red Sox at Fenway Park. And let's face it, you're throwing Garrett Cole. You're getting to throw your ace in a game where you could advance to take on the Rays in the ALDS. And that's all you could ask for. The Yankees are favorites. They're minus 120 to win the wild card game. Now, in case you're wondering why the game is up at Fenway Park, if you don't know that yet and you possibly love, live under a rock, uh, it's head-to-head matchups, and the Yankees are 9-10 and 10 against the Red Sox this year. They lost their first seven against Boston. Remember that. I know you do. It's kind of burned into Yankees fans' brains that they did that. However, the Yankees did win nine of the last 12, including that last sweep against Boston. So 9-3 and three over their last 12 after losing those first seven. So the game is up at Fenway. But for, for my money, Nelly, seeing Garrett Cole go to the mound, knowing what uh, he has meant to this team throughout the season, he's had his ups, he's had his downs, we've seen it, he's been through COVID, he's been through a hamstring injury, but now it all comes down to this, it's Cole against Evaldi, it's our best versus your best, and for a strictly baseball fan, to have this game, it would have been the same kind of situation at Yankee Stadium, but to have this game at Fenway Park between these two teams in a one-and-done situation... Baseball couldn't have asked for more, and these two fan bases couldn't have asked for more. I know you may you may want to see a, a series between these two, but you can't get the drama that you would out of a five-game series in a one-game playoff to get to the next round than you would with any other two teams. This is going to be tremendous. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm really shocked that the Yankees are favored going into Boston, and if you look at it, you know, even though you throw the regular season numbers out the window, I'm you know the way Cole has pitched against the Red Sox and Vivaldi has pitched against the Yankees, except the last outing, uh, what last start they both had. I'm a little surprised about that, but you know it's it is going to be exciting. It's one game, and you know everybody keeps talking about Bucky Dent already, and, and okay, who's who's going to be the guy that that the Red Sox fans fans say blank blank you know whatever Dent. You know it's it, it is exciting. You know it, let's see. You know, Cole threw well last year in the playoffs. Let's see what he has this year. He gets an extra day's rest now going in. I was tweeting out that I didn't understand why the Yankees didn't pitch Cole. They rolled the dice, and it worked out for him. You know, it, it's really tough nowadays to ask all those relievers. I mean, how many pitchers did they throw yesterday? Six, seven? I mean, it's really hard to get all those guys perfect. There's always or usually one guy that's just not perfect and winds up giving up a few runs. But you know what? They rolled the dice. It worked for them. Everybody did a great job. They got, you know, a couple of the guys yesterday got out of jams. 
from the from the Rays. Uh, you had a couple of scoring positions. Some, well, I think, uh, what was Lawiska came in with Rosarina on third with less than two outs and got out of that. So you know, tremendous job. You know, like they they're in, and, and that's that's the best feeling. If you're in that locker room, you said it. Everything that they've done in the past is now over. They look forward and they have to play good baseball. And that's all their objective is. And everything done in the past two days ago. I mean, this fan base was lifeless Saturday. That was, you know, the season seemed over from a lot of the fans and the game that just an absolute blowout. But are you guys concerned here with Garrett Cole? 15 runs he's given up in his last three starts. His ERA's, you know, gone up to 3-2-3. Obviously the, the COVID issues, injury issues, but he's coming in pitching his worst baseball of the year arguably he had that little stretch too after spider tack where he was bad but this is one of his worst stretches of the year are you confident he takes that ball he grabs his cojones and he goes up to beantown and gets the job i'm i'm confident he goes out there and and he looks at his name on the lineup and he says yeah i'm garrett cole i'm gonna go out there and and i'm gonna be garrett cole i i am i I don't know how you cannot be confident in the guy i don't care what he's done in the past if we're flushing friday and saturday we got to be able to flush what garrett cole did in his last couple of starts. I mean, it's the same thing. You have to have confidence in your ace who you gave over $300 million to for these types of games, for these wild card games to get to the next round, to pitch in a game seven, to pitch in a big game five in a seven game series. This is why you got the guy. I I was talking, this is why though, this team has been so confounding all season long because Nelly, correct me if I'm wrong. I was talking to Gary Sheffield Jr. on Twitter. Uh, and I was trying to be Mr. Positivity for a change. And Gary Sheffield Jr. didn't like that <laughs> one bit. And he was just like, well, how could you have confidence? How could you have positivity? It's not even confidence anymore. It's hope. You just hope the team that scores 10 runs shows up. Because Nelly, let's be honest. We don't know what Garrett Cole is going to show up. We don't know what offense is going to come out in Boston. Is it going to be the offense that absolutely smoked Evaldi in the last game they played up at Fenway Park? Or is it going to be the Yankee offense that had one hit through eight innings against the Rays that, you know, it's not like we're going to be sitting here watching this game on Tuesday night on ESPN. And we're going to be like, yeah, we got this. It's in the bag. I don't even have to worry. No, because we don't know what the hell team is going to show up, Nelly. Yeah. That's why I don't know why the the Yankees would be favored. Cause if you look and if you're talking about momentum and if that's the only thing that you can ride on as far as number wise, the Yankees, I mean, the Red Sox have the momentum going into Tuesday. I mean, you look, they swept the nationals. The nationals don't have great pitching, but they do have, have a really good offense. I mean, if you look at the stats and and what they've done during the year, you know, they're in the top five in a lot of offensive categories. I mean, I think they're second in average in the National League. So lineup wise, the Nationals are pretty good. So by the Red Sox sweeping them, which is really tough to sweep a series. Now, if you're the Orioles, the Blue Jays just walked all over you like a doormat. But with the Yankees, you almost you almost got swept by the Rays. I mean, your offense was zero. I mean, you did a decent job pitching, but your offense was zero during that series, that three-game series against the Rays, and you almost got swept. So if you're looking at momentum, it's the Red Sox that has the momentum going into Tuesday. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get a go, you know, with Cole. Maybe this hamstring is an issue. Maybe they wanted to give him rest. Maybe that's why they didn't pitch him on Sunday, because if you look at every other team, they pitched their ace on Sunday to try to get to the wild card and avoid the play-in game. That's what I just didn't get. I mean, all these people in the Twitter world, they were like, oh, you know, it's not the last game we still have a possible game on monday i'm like well you could avoid that game well you were hit your ace but yeah 
you weren't the only one. Jack Curry on the S Network postgame show also said after that loss on Saturday, and let's be honest, I know we don't want to talk about the recent past, but going out there and getting slammed 12-2 wasn't really exuding confidence in everyone either. But Jack actually said, if you have your $300 million starter on the bench tomorrow, you got to scratch your head. Like, what are we doing? Because if we're putting it, like you said, Nelly, on Twitter, which is why I agreed with you. Now, look, they ran Tyone out there and he did a great job. Now, look, I'm not going to wax poetic about a three-inning performance or three-plus innings, whatever the hell it was from Tyone. And I know he's coming off the ankle and the doctor said he can't do any more damage to it if he continues to pitch which is great, but I'm just, I'm kind of sick and tired of these starters getting a pat on the back for three innings. I, I don't like it. I'm sorry. It's just the way I am. It's the way I'm built. I know he went out there and gutted it out and did a great job and, and, and got the outs that the Yankees needed. I believe it was three and a 30. I think he got 10 outs. I remember, but yeah, you brought up Rizzo a little while ago and I'm sorry, but I want to go back to him for a second. And then this is why, because I'm sitting down here in the basement, watching the game with my father-in-law who doesn't really care about sports so much. So I was telling him about Rizzo and he knows baseball, but he he just doesn't watch. So I was like, watch if this guy gets two strikes, he's going to choke up and he's still able to hit the ball over 400 feet when he chokes up. What happened? Two strikes. The guy choked up. My father was, wow, he's, he's really choked up on that. I said, yeah, watch, watch what he does. Boom. Base hit. I mean, that's who I want on this team. I don't know about you, Nelly, but going forward, and I know we're going to continue to talk about this one-game matchup against the Red Sox, but I think I want Rizzo back. Now, it depends on how many years he wants and how much money he wants, but I want this guy back because he plays great defense and he's a professional hitter, and he proved that again in the ninth inning in a must-win game for this team. Yeah, you know, I would love to see him back too. You know, it just once we once the season ends and we can talk about what goes on next year, you know, I, I don't know where they come up with the money to sign some of these guys, especially you have no no idea what the collective bargaining agreement. Right, that new, too, you're right. The new threshold, is it going to be 180? Is it going to be 210? I mean, they're already over 200 million and they really don't have a lot of lot of space to be adding guys when they're already strapped by a few others. They're really going to have to get creative to improve the shortstop spot. And also, like you mentioned, I think Luke Boyd has probably seen his last days as a Yankee. Maybe there's some others that have seen their last days. I'm sure Brett Gardner, I'm sure he won't be back, but it'll... Uh, you know, I think this is a, you know, talk about Brett. I mean, this is a good, you know, you're going to see your last playoff run probably as a Yankee against your rival, the Red Sox. So it's going to be exciting. I think the the momentum obviously is with the Red Sox and the, and the Yankees are going in flat. Let's see if the Yankees can turn the switch. You're going down this road to the to the game on Tuesday. And I, I have to throw this out at you. If, if we're in a close game, let's just say Cole and Evaldi match zeros for five, six innings. And now it turns to the managers. This is what Yankee fans might be a little bit worried about. And this is where the future comes into play as well. If this comes down to the managers and and we know what Cora has done in the past, we saw it in the last series up at Fenway when he forced Boone's hand and he got Boone to take Holmes out, who was absolutely lights out, 11 pitches, three strikeouts. He sends up Travis Shaw. He gets Boone to get Holmes out of the game. These are the moves. These are the microscopic things that are going to be blown up with a magnifying glass in a one-game situation where if the offense really doesn't show up, Jeff, this is going to have to be won by Aaron Boone and his strategy. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens at Fenway. Well, there's going to be the interesting interesting thing you said. And 
Cora comes from the mold. If you watched Houston, whether you, you bang on the trash can or whatever, A.J. Hinch did both, not just using the analytics, but he also used feel to win playoff games. And, you know, you see what he does. And Alex Cora was there. And, Al, you know, Alex Cora is his per- first playoff you know, since then. So he does do, he does go by feel. If it's going to, if it's going to come down to managers and how they strategize and how they work the game, then Alex Cora definitely has the advantage because Alex Cora, you watch the Red Sox all year. They do the little things. They make things happen on the bases. They don't play like the computer says all the time. And the Yankees play, I mean, Blake, Blake and, and Boone, the, everything happens because this is what's spit out by, by the, the analytical department. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. And, you know, obviously everybody has a short leash because you have to get into that game against Tampa on Thursday. The offense might show up and save them, Nelly, but how about Evaldi? Like his mentality coming into this game, because the Yankees kind of shell-shocked him in his last outing up there. And it was at Fenway Park where he was absolutely lights out against the Yankees going into that game this season at that park. And they lit him up. So going into the, I know you have to have a short memory. In your line of work as a reliever, you definitely had to. But as a starter going into this game, what's his mindset have to be against this Yankee team that just lit him up? Well, he's got playoff experience, so I really don't think it's going to bother him. I'm like, okay, you know, you toss it up as one of those games. Now, you just, both sides just saw this pitcher, you know, about a week ago or so. It, it's fresh in each each hitter's mind. Obviously, they know what Cole has. Obviously, they know what Evaldi. Evaldi's pitched against the Yankees six times this year. And, you know, if it wasn't for the last outing, he had under two ERA. And it's the opposite with Cole. That's why I, I kind of ignore the regular season numbers because once you get into postseason, it's a different mentality. Some guys show up, some guys don't. Some guys put the regular season behind them and all of a sudden show up in a postseason and say, my goodness, where'd this guy come from? Or, hey, you expect the world, and next thing you know, he doesn't Alex Rodriguez and doesn't even show up. But it's, uh, you know, I think Evaldi puts everything behind him, and I even think Cole puts things behind him. But I think with the Yankees going into Tuesday, if you look what happened that time, that start against the Red Sox, the Yankees spotted him seven runs in the first three innings. If they can score early, say they put up a three spot in the first inning, I think it could be over. I think the Yankees are advancing because then you allow an ace or, or one of your best pitchers in the league, and maybe he's a Cy Young, maybe that maybe that uh, mess up or whatever, you, you know, if it wasn't for a podcast, you can really say what you want to say. By Robbie <laughs> Ray, maybe that all of a sudden catapulted Cole into winning the Cy Young, but... I think if you give if you give Cole some early runs, and I don't I don't want to say two. I think it has to be three. I think you get a three nothing lead on the Red Sox. I think Cole settles in and he winds up going deep in the game, and I think it's over. Let's make picks, Shearney. Shearney, make your picks. Let's uh, you know, Ken Singleton's going to join the show in a minute. We'll have a special Wednesday episode following Tuesday. Hopefully, talking Yankees Rays for your sake. Uh, ALDS. Uh, I, I don't have many rooting interests, but for, for good for business, I'll root for the there Yankees you go. Uh, to beat the Red Sox on Tuesday. Sheeran, start with you. Make your pick. Uh, I'm going to say, look, th- this team, Nelly, I, I, I think the offense does show up. It's not going to be like that seven-run cushion that Cole had in that last game up at Fenway. The way this team has played close games all season long, one to two runs, I'm going to say this is Yankees 5-2 or 5-3, and on Wednesday we're 
talking about them going down to Tampa and starting the ALDS with the Rays. And I think the Rays are going to be very upset that they were not able to close the Yankees out and force them into a game 163 today on Monday as we tape this. So I think Yankees in a tight one, but I think they get out to an early lead and Cole's able to make it stick. Johnny Lasagna comes up huge. Our oldest Chapman quiets the critics. He goes back to his early season dominance and the Yankees go, uh, you know, Cole and maybe three innings out of the bullpen. Maybe a little Chad Green, maybe a little Johnny Lasagna, and then a little Roldis Chapman. Good night, 5-2, 5-3, the final. Yeah, and, and, you know, real quick, I mean, that could be another thing. How's how's the bullpen going to respond in the playoffs? But I agree. I'm not going to go against the Yankees. I don't think either one of these teams, I think it's a one game and they're done anyway. I I don't think either one of these teams are getting through Tampa. I think Tampa's just that good. And I was really surprised at how good they were. But I'm going to say Yankees. I think I think they wind up getting to the bullpen. I think it's going to be a 7-1, 7-2 game. All right. There you go, Jake. How about you? Do you have a prediction? You want to throw in your two cents here, Mr. Met fan? After your team went out with a whimper? I need to get on a beach on a tropical island. I mean, come on. Think about Luis Rojas. We had a great, we had a great Sunday yesterday. We had the Giants and Jets both winning. We had the Yankees winning. Do you know the Giants and Yankees? Because I know that's pretty much the fandom tandem there. Hey, I just made something up. Fandom tandem. Giants and Yankees haven't won on the same day since September 22nd, 2019. So that was the first time in uh, almost uh, two years. Yeah. It feels like the, they Over haven't won years. period since. Then. I yeah. mean, it feels like the Jets and Giants haven't won. Wasn't it the first time that the Jets, Giants, and Yankees won since, what, 2012 all on the same day? I don't oh know. My Maybe God. See, I, did, I didn't take my research back that far because the Jets hadn't won in overtime yet. Yeah, there's no way that's the case, although it wouldn't shock me considering the Jets and Giants pass. I'm going to pick the Yankees as well. I think they're coming in. I think Sunday's game was big because coming in a walk-off, celebrating like that. Nelly, you were there. The atmosphere. I mean, the videos I saw people were just losing their you know what i mean it was an insane atmosphere uh, i think they're gonna ride that in a tuesday i think it's gonna be something like a four three i think chapman's gonna make you nervous as ever maybe load the bases in the ninth and make you uh be on the edge of your seat before three yankees win all right a clean sweep coming up next here on the podcast our buddy the recently retired ken singleton that's next on the pinstripe pod from the new york post As promised, our friend Ken Singleton joins us now. You could follow him on Twitter at 29alltime, and he announced his retirement during the game the other day on the Yes Network, and we appreciate some time here. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, Chris, uh, you know, we've been together at Yes for a long time, so uh, when you ask us, you know, there's no problem. I'll get it done. Yeah, I, I, I'm bringing you back to work after you retired, and I feel kind of uh, bad about that. <laughs> But at the same time, you know, I, I just want to bring it back around what Michael uh, K said on the air and what he said it wasn't conjecture. Um, Ken Singleton shows up to the ballpark and he's there at least three hours before the game preparing for his game. And you cared so much about the craft, Kenny. And, you know, I took that to heart as someone breaking in and watching you not even from afar, but from very close up. I have to say indirectly, you taught me a lot about this business. Uh, it was, and, and I appreciate you shouting me out during the game, but you have no idea what a pleasure and a privilege it was to actually call you a colleague and a friend because I have so much respect for you, not only as a broadcaster, but as a player as well. Just so much respect from me to you. And I just had to say that I'm sitting here on my couch tearing up when I was watching you say what you were saying. And I was like, God, I, I need to 
talk to him. And I'm so glad that you came on to do the podcast because I can't begin to tell you how much you meant to my career. So thank you. Well, thanks, Chris. Uh, Those are very kind words. It's just the way that uh, I've kind of always approached uh, baseball. You know, I've been involved in baseball since I was four years old. My dad uh, uh, introduced me to the game and uh, immediately I fell in love with it. It really looked easy on television. (laughs) 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 But then when you start to play and you go away as a minor leaguer and you realize, well, you know, maybe I'm not the best one here anymore as you are in your hometown before you sign a contract and then you have to work your way through the minor leagues. And I got through pretty quickly. It, it took me three years to get to the big league and then to uh, never go back to the minors and stay for as long as I did as a player and then getting into broadcasting. So I, I took the same approach in broadcasting. I did player. I was as a player. I was going to work hard. I had the privilege of working uh, with some great broadcasters over the years, but the one who really set the tone for me was Dave Van Horn, who he and I did uh, Montreal Expos games. And I saw how, meticulous he was in preparing for games and getting ready so I, I took the same approach as I did when I was playing and getting there early is no problem I mean that's the way I approached it every single day I wanted to have as much information as possible uh, I was lucky enough to work with Michael Kay all those years and I knew anything I didn't know he probably knew and uh, that way we could feed it off each other during games it, it was uh, and plus it you know, work, doing Yankee games, it's, it's a good product to begin with. I mean, guys like Nelly and the rest of those teams in the late 90s, they were just a pleasure to cover. I, I love bringing good news to fans. And our statistician, James Smythe, figured out uh, for me yesterday that uh, during my time broadcasting Yankee games, the Yankees were 694 games over 500. Whoa. And, uh, wow. Yeah. Oh my God. And it works out. <laughs> it works out to about 95 wins a season. So that shows you, you know, I was very fortunate to cover, you know, probably the best team of that era, you know, for 20 years and uh, great players, you know, Hall of Fame players and very, very good ones as well. And uh, that makes broadcasting easy. When you have good news, you feel like uh, you keep the fans happy. They can't wait to come back and watch your or listen the next night or the next day, and that's an amazing number. And uh, I didn't, I thought I didn't think it was that many, but I knew we were over five hundred. <laughs> how did the uh, how did it slide by the analytical department of the Yankees? How'd that slide by? I, I don't know how that worked. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you would have been in know, the booth Dave, every game, Kenny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, no, I wasn't in there every game, but I'm just saying the years that I was there, that was their record. No, if, yeah, they, that, if, they, so. if they knew the record, they would have scheduled you to be in the booth every game. <laughs> yeah, well, that that would mean they had to pay a lot more, too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. You know, it's funny. It was funny because I grew up. I grew up in Baltimore, and I grew up a huge Oriole fan. And so I went from pretending I in my backyard playing wiffle ball that I was a whole Oriole lineup, and that included Ken Singleton. And I hit from both sides just a wiffle ball. I wasn't very good at doing it in real life. And then all of a sudden, I grow up listening to you, and you know, and then I get to do my first yes game with you in Arizona. You know, what came full circle is like, wow, I watched him when I was young, and the next thing you know. I'm sitting beside such a great person and a great ball player. And, and you just make it so easy. And I don't know of a person that says they don't, you don't have one of the best voices on TV. It's just like you, everybody just sinks into the TV and it's just like, oh, you just relax everyone. And you just, you just throw out such great information and have such a great voice. And it was a true pleasure just sitting beside you and be able to call my first game with you. Thanks, Nelly. I, I appreciate that. I, I, I've heard that about 
the voice in the past and you know people have said that it's just who i am you know <laughs> but as far as all the knowledge and everything it, you got to do your homework as you know to get this job done and there have been a lot of former players who aren't willing to put the time in and uh that and you know they've tried to do their thing in the booth and it hasn't really worked out but it's not easy you know, I, I just, I, one thing about going into retirement, I know how much I put into games. I have had fans say, well, why don't you just do, you know, eight or nine games a year so we can just hear your voice. I'm not like that. When I'm in, I'm all in. I have to keep up with what's going on. You know, my wife knows that when seven o'clock rolls around and I, I'm not working, I'm usually watching the Yankee game. Or I'm watching the team that uh, I'm going to be broadcasting uh, a Yankee game that the Yankees are going to play. So I, it's, I, don't want to be. I don't want to be in that situation where I'm not giving the effort. Where you know people say nine games and oh just show up for nine. Not that's not me. I show up for all 162. When I went to watch my grandson play baseball, I take my iPad so I can watch the Yankees. Well, I'm watching two games at once. So uh, by the way, he's a pretty good player. Gee, he's he's a good good Jackson. little player. I, he's going to be yeah. He's, he's just turned 12, and he uh, his uh, little league team this year went to the Final Four in New Jersey. They got eliminated, but they had some good young players on his team. And now hold on, uh, he'll hold be on, back. Hold on a second, Kenny, because you said it during the game, but it's worth bringing up again. Can you give us his? Can you give us his day again? He played baseball in the morning and then football in the afternoon. And and what was his day? Can you just refresh our memories? Yeah, that was Saturday. I mentioned that during uh, uh, yesterday's game, but he Saturday morning he had a, a baseball game at eight thirty in the morning. Uh, he plays for like three different teams, and this is the fall ball team. And uh, he had two hits. They won twelve to one. Then at three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a football game. And he was quarterbacking, and he threw two touchdown passes, and they won twenty-seven to seven. That's so, not a bad um, day. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's not. You know, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm thinking back. You know, as a twelve-year-old, would I have all that? I guess I would have had that much energy as twelve years old. I, I used to be able to play thirty-six holes of golf, and I can't do that anymore. <laughs> So, yeah, but you know what? Uh, you know what? We we've talked in the past, and and that's what you've always brought up when when it came time to make your decision whether you're going to do games or not do games. And I know you told Michael you're all in or you're nothing, and that was the one common denominator that always came up, and it was your grandkids. And when you said that yesterday, you know, it really hit me because it's all about family, Kenny. And I'm I'm just so happy that you're going to be able to see the soccer games. You're going to be able to see the baseball and the football now. That's really good for you. I, I'm just so happy for you. Yeah, I shouldn't leave my granddaughters out of this. Kenley and Callie, they're soccer players. Their mom was an All-American, so she coaches the oldest one. But I think between them on, on Saturday, they scored like four goals. Oh, so wow. They are – I've watched them play. They are really good. I, I just uh, – I'm blessed to have some uh, athletic grandkids. Kenny, well, break, break, yeah. break down your first pitch for us. Was it a curveball? What, what, uh, break down that last uh, ceremonial first pitch Sunday. Well, first of all, it was in the third. Nice play by Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I told him I was going to throw either a 95-mile-an-hour heater in the dirt or try and get a chase with a, uh, a splitter. And it, it looked like it was a, a guy trying to get a chase with a splitter. I'm happy he came up with it because it made me look good. I wish he had stood up instead of getting down on one knee. It would have been a bigger target. But uh, <laughs> that's okay. We, he was uh, already a big target. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's the deal. It, it's not the same arm that led the National League in assists in 1973. So, you know, I knew that going in. And uh, But uh, – it, it was all good. I, you know, the fans were so great at the stadium. They were so great on social media. Yeah, they um, love you, Kenny, and then for good reason. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love them too, though. You know, I, that's 
one thing I'm really going to miss. And, you know, during the pandemic, when we were doing games remotely or we were sitting in uh, at Yankee Stadium doing the games with no fans, it's not nearly the same. Not nearly the same. It, first of all, it's kind of tougher to do. But uh, yesterday and Saturday and um, Friday were the first time I've, I've done games with fans in the stand in over, over two years, like. And the thing about it is I could feel the energy. And I was really pumped up uh, going into these games. And I, I thought to myself, this is the feeling you had every time you did a game before the pandemic. So that's what I'm really going to miss. And I'm glad things are getting closer to normal now. You know, I'm going to enjoy watching football with fans, and basketball with fans. It's going to be good. You, you know, you take yourself back to when you played and when you retired as a player. And then going into this weekend, knowing, okay, this is my last weekend as a broadcaster and then I'm going to retire. How, were the, how was that? feeling was it similar to when you retired and and how was this weekend for you yeah that's a great question and it was similar but it was different in in one way when I retired from baseball I knew I couldn't play anymore I I wasn't the player I had been and I could sense it uh, in my last season that uh, I wasn't as quick with my swing I was fouling pitches off that I should have been able I used to be able to hit and so that kind of made the decision a lot of people said you you should continue to play but I I didn't want to go out on a bad note and, you know, the, my last year was the only year I ever went on the injured list. That had never happened before. So I, I kind of knew it was time to stop. This is different because if I was willing to continue to put the time in and work and, uh, you know, you always have the voice and, and, and the time and but I'm not willing to do that anymore. So this, this was different. I could have kept going. And, you know, Flip, our boss, he, he asked me several times, you know, and you saw Michael on the air, too, trying to convince you to come back. And in a way, it's more difficult just to walk away now. But, you know, I, I've watched guys in the booth from years gone by, and I, I thought, oh, maybe they stayed a little too long. That, that wasn't going to be me. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, there's other things they're going to do. First of all, hanging out with the family, the grandkids. You know, Al Bumber and I got this golf trip planned, so we'll be okay. You know, I, I'm not sure how many games I'm going to watch. I'll watch them but I, I don't I won't feel guilty if I miss one you know <laughs> if I'm you know if I'm out to dinner with Suzanne or, or going where we want to go or do what we have to do so that's the way it's going to be from this point on Kenny just a tremendous career on the field off the field as a broadcaster as well as I mentioned earlier just a, a tremendous inspiration for my career uh, we just want to get your prediction for this Yankee team as we move forward uh, before we let you go they have this one game playoff against the Boston Red Sox. Nelly and I were talking in our previous segment, Kenny, about this team. We've seen it all season long. One team will show up or the other. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. You just don't know what Yankee team is going to show up. You don't know what Garrett Cole is going to show up. What part of the lineup is going to show up. I, I, I'm I'm making the prediction. I'm going to go out on a very sturdy limb here. I'm going to say Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are going to have something to say in this game. What do you have to say about this one game playoff? Just because of what they've been doing since early August. I mean, both of them have been carrying this team, let's be honest. But what do you think about this one game wild card? Okay. Against Boston, it was pretty close this year. I think Boston had a one game edge in the 19 games. So that's why the game is being played at Fenway Park. I think the Yankees came on towards the end against Boston. Boston. Boston got off very well against the Yankees this year. As far as Garrett Cole, I think you'll know early. Uh, I mentioned uh, a couple of starts ago that, that I was doing one of his starts, and his problems come early in the game. Well, he seems to kind of ease into it, and when he gets going, it's hard to score against him. But if he has a problem, it comes early in the game. As far as Ivaldi, I believe he's pitching for the Red Sox. Yes. His last start against the Yankees was not good. I mean, I, I think they hammered him pretty good. But with all the energy applied to this one game, 
it, it's hard to pick. You know, I'll never really ever go against the Yankees. And, and, you know, I think they could disappoint Boston in their home ballpark. I think that can happen. I hope it does. I think that their offense has to show up. It wasn't there the last the games against the Rays, but the, they did enough to get in by winning the last game. I'm going to pick the Yankees. I, I, I hope they win this game. But, you know, it's not a slam dunk by any any stretch of the imagination. I mean, the Red Sox went down to the Na- Nationals and swept them. They had to play well. And they did. And uh, Devers had two home runs yesterday. And he's the guy I think they really got to watch out for in this game. Oh, and Alex Cora managed that like it was game seven. Uh, so, yeah, you're absolutely oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah. So did Boone yesterday. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, just uh, just real quick, last one for me, Kenny. It, it's, and it's probably pretty hard to even try to fathom any memories. But favorite memories? Do you have any kind of favorite memories in all your broadcasting career? Ooh, yeah. First of all, Nelly, I mentioned the teams that you were on. They were such a pleasure to cover. As I said, I love bringing good news. And you were a big part of it in the bullpen, and you and, and Mike Stanton setting up Mariano. I, I mentioned to Mo, he was on that Friday night. I mentioned to Mo when he came in the game, you know, fans were reaching for the car keys. And it was time to go home. <laughs> And it, and it was usually over pretty quick. You know, he, he wasn't going to walk anybody. And that cutter was devastating to uh, both righties and left-handed hitters. So those, and I want to thank you, Nelly. Just uh, you guys are so accommodating. When you're on teams like that, that win all the time, when you lose a game, you know, the fans, and I, I just wanted to portray to the fans, it was like a mistake. They'll fix it tomorrow. And you guys usually did and just kept the good times rolling. So I want to thank you for that. Those are the great memories of the Yankees teams. When I found out to turn to 94, Four games over 500. That means that there was a lot of good times. I think one thing that stands out to me, though, is Jeter's speech at the uh, the last game at Yankee State, or the old Yankee Stadium. Uh, as the captain, he he rose to the occasion and gave a, a captain-like speech that we'll all remember forever. So that and all the all the fame type players and all the very good players, including yourself, those are the memories I'll, I'll take from doing Yankee baseball. Kenny, I got one final fun one for you in uh, uh-huh. the 1986 edition of Bill James Historical baseball abstract his wife uh-huh. called you one of the best looking players of the 1970s <laughs> do you regard uh-huh. yourself as one of the best looking players of your generation well it's nice that she thought that way i will tell you this every spring when they came to uh fit us for our uniforms in, in spring training the uh, manufacturers of the uniforms would come in and fit you and i i told them i said this ought to be this got to be right because if i don't play well i'm gonna look good doing it. so <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh um, so I, I, it was nice of her to to say that. That was pretty cool. Did, do I think, did I think of myself that way? No, I was just <laughs> doing my job. But if, if people like the way, you, you know, I'd rather her say that. Oh, he's one of the best players of the seventies. And uh, but uh, that was nice of her to say that. Kenny, I know, I know you, you've been giving us your memories. I have one last one, and it's just a memory. It's not a question. It's just a memory of you and I together. We were down at spring training a couple of years back before the pandemic, and uh, we actually did a Facebook live together. And as Nellie was talking about, it was just so free and easy. You you made me so relaxed. And, you know, I was sitting there doing something. I never got to do a game with you, which I really wanted to do. But that day down at Steinbrenner Field, uh, doing that Facebook Live with you, just talking baseball with one of my heroes and one of the legends of the game, because that's how I hold you. I just want to let you know that that, that is something I will take with me uh, for the rest of my life. So I just appreciate everything you've done in your career, whether it's on the field or off the field. And once again, coming 
coming on to join us on this podcast. When we've asked you, you've always been accommodating and you've always been a gentleman. And I, I can't say thank you enough. So thank you, Mr. Singleton. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Nelly. We'll, we'll talk again. But remember, baseball is supposed to be fun. I know that the fans and the players, everybody takes it. You know, it's a national pastime. I mean, people get really excited about it, but it's supposed to be fun. And even when your team loses, baseball season so long, there's usually a game tomorrow. I, I think the fun part is September and October. I mean, this, you know, now there's no tomorrow. So enjoy it, guys. says good night to episode 92 the chris gittens edition of the pinstripe pod our yankees podcast from the new york post thanks to jake brown and brian mungia for producing the show go on apple podcast right now give us a five-star rating write in a positive review as well we do appreciate it you can also find us on spotify or wherever else you get your podcast for jeff nelson i'm chris sheeran we are back for a special wednesday show following the wild card game in boston buckle up and enjoy the game we're shipping up to boston Thanks for listening to the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post.